Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, Rye. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. Kevin and Chuck. Today, well, we're going to talk about, uh, well, we're going to talk about the NFA, the National Firearms Act. We're going to talk about eForms, which is the ATF site to uh, basically register a suppressor or any of these tax stamp items, uh, short barrel rifles, a lot of talk about pistol braces and that stuff going on in the world right now. Um, we're going to kind of dig deep in all of it, how you would actually get a tax stamp, what it costs, what the process is, how much of a headache is really involved and, you know, if it's worth it. Uh, and you know, it's not worth it for everybody. You kind of need to decide there are some pros and cons that we're going to dig deep into. So first off, what is the NFA? The NFA is the National Firearms Act and it came to be in like 1934, and what it was, it was kind of ridiculous. It was uh, one of those Roosevelt guys who wanted to be a jerk and you know get in our business. Anyway, um, so what it was was they basically wanted to get rid of machine guns. Remember, we had all that crazy stuff going on Chicago. You know, you know Chicago is really the root of all gun violence. I think yeah. everywhere well, it was, is pretty much my understanding. Right. I think I think it was mostly like uh, Tommy guns and Brownings and and stuff back right. then. Right. Right. And everybody's bringing home their guns from war and and you know this kind of thing. Right. It's this crazy time. So anyway, so they were like, oh, we can't have people just running around shooting up everything, and it's getting crazy. Right. Mowing down people in the street. And, you know, it's easy to cash in on fear. Now, you might think, oh, well, we have the Second Amendment. So, you know, we don't have to worry about people stepping in and, and screwing Obviously. with Obviously. Right? I mean, God bless America. Thank God we live in the freest place in the world. Exactly. Except, so, except for 
Mm, I guess there's a couple of, <laughs> couple of <laughs> things about minor that, exceptions. Right? Like minor exceptions. And by minor, we might mean major. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. So they they came up with with the NFA. So what it was was they were going to say that we could. The original plan was to be no pistols at all for private citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, rifles needed to be 18 inches long or longer, rifles and shotguns. Right. And if you wanted uh, anything else, it was going to be, they said, uh, if you wanted something shorter, you would need a, a tax stamp. And they basically wanted to make this tax stamp impossible to get. Now, they they wrote it up as no pistols, and then they were like, well, wait, if we ban pistols, they'll just take rifles and cut them shorter and then conceal them. So that was the the thing. So they were like, we need to make them all 18 inches because otherwise people will have their sawed-off shotgun and they'll stick it in their coat and they'll come around. So that that's where that eighteen inch rule came from, and calling you know worrying about short barrel rifles. It was really just to make sure you didn't try and get over on the pistol right. thing. Well, lobbyists turns out have been around for forever, and they said, "Whoa, whoa, we can't ban pistols. Get out of here. I need to you know have my little revolver in my pocket and whatever." So, bottom line, they repealed the pistol thing. But they never went back and addressed the short barrel rifle thing. Right. So that somehow got in there. Now yeah, that's kind of what uh, says, that's kind of what got Randy Weaver in trouble right there. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He would be referring to Ruby Ridge, right. and the ATF basically, or actually, I think it was an FBI guy, went up and was like, "Hey, could you cut this shotgun shorter for me?" And he was like, well, I don't really want to. Right. But after enough pressure, he's like, sure, whatever, man. I'll help you out. I, I have a hack, so I'll whatever. Anyway, we're, we're getting off task here. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they also said, and any other weapons. Now, here's where it gets tricky. They said um, that a suppressor is in any other weapon. Okay. Um, and you might know that. A suppressor is not a weapon in any way. If you have it, I mean, I guess if you're like, well, a pipe is a weapon, then I guess a suppressor right. could be I mean, a weapon. Right, I mean, you can hit somebody with it or something, but, right? And, yeah, exactly. So it just, it's really dumb. And, and that actually came back to bite them in their the ass in California recently where they were arguing in court and said, no, we're not limited by the Second Amendment because... A suppressor isn't a weapon and or a gun. Right. And they were like, so it's not protected. And then they were like, well, then so you're saying you don't have any right to regulate suppressors? And then they were like, uh, uh, I mean, I didn't mean yeah, to say the that. Opposite of that. Uh, and, and so actually that's that's an ongoing court right. battle so right now. Yeah, currently, California, yes. Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey and Rhode Island. It's. It's illegal to own a suppressor, and I think yes. there are certain exceptions with permitting, but I think that they're pretty, pretty. Difficult. Yeah, it's pretty much impossible. Um, so to keep this thing moving, they uh, the next dilemma is I have to point out that in the NFA they call it mufflers and silencers. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know where in the gun world we decided to become snobs and be like, if you call it a silencer, you're ignorant. Yeah. And it's got to be a suppressor. You know, it's like the whole magazine clip thing, right? Right. right. Um, you always have to correct but, somebody, though, just because uh, it makes you sound smart, right? Makes you feel good. Yeah, I'm a snob. Yeah, you said Why silencer. You That's a silencer. You don't even know Dumb. anything about anything. Right. So, anyway. So, the bottom line was, at the time, a, a silencer, we'll say, cost $7. Mm-hmm. And on average, right? Right. Nineteen thirty-four. Speculating. Now they're anywhere from I'd say about four hundred dollars to about a thousand dollars right now, Mm -hmm. and the uh, so four hundred to a thousand. They were seven. So they said, you know what? We're going to make it impossible for the average guy to go out and get a uh, tax stamp item, and so they actually made it two hundred dollars. Right. Now they wrote in two hundred dollars, so that's what it is. So what's weird is that's still the price today. Right. So it was impossible in nineteen thirty four for the average guy right. to just drop two hundred dollars. But right now it's still pretty crappy because you're spending eight hundred bucks on a suppressor and then another two hundred, or you want to cut your gun down, and you know, and it just adds to the stupidness of it all. Like when you buy a suppressor. You have to pay for it, but you don't get it until right. your stamp is approved. Right. So you have to buy you know, it. It goes first. to your gun store. If you're tight with your gun dealer, they might let you come visit it, and you could come yeah, in. Yeah, you could come look in and look it. at it most times. Yeah, but you can't touch it. But you're not. Well, you can't take t- it. Home. You know, yeah, no. Yeah, you might be able to touch it out. You you work out that deal. That's between you and your ATF agent, because mm-hmm. turns out their interpretation is is very different at any given day. Um, all right. So I, I know it took me a minute to get here, but so what do you do? What, what happens when you're like, Hey Chuck, I want to get a suppressor. How do I do this? Well, one of the things is there's this awesome website called silencer shop. I probably should have reached out to them to see if they wanted to sponsor the episode, but you know, hindsight 2020, right? You know, we can't, can't think of everything all the time. But Silencer Shop is actually awesome, and they make this process so much easier. And whether you're thinking about a Form 1, which would be maybe building a suppressor, a short barrel rifle, or you just want to buy a a suppressor, Silencer Shop might be a great place to start. Now, there's awesome things you can check out there, but the big deal is, is they have these kiosks that make it so easy. And they basically partner up with gun stores all over the country, and they put in these little kiosks, which are basically like a ATM kind of machine-looking type thing. And what you can do is you can go in and get your fingerprints done there. And it makes it so easy. So, bottom line, and, and this kind of was the gateway for me. This is how I first got a suppressor. And because they make it very easy because government forms, I mean, like, you know how nobody wants to do their taxes. Mm -hmm. Imagine if we made it really high consequences and even harder and more complicated. Right. Then that would be filling out, you know, these forms. 
So at, at least that's the way it comes across. I mean, it obviously depends on your taxes. If you're a W-2 employee, then, yes, that's a little bit easier right. than, you know, doing these forms. But if you're not a, you know, if you own your own business and whatever, then, yeah, your taxes might be more complicated than these forms. But anyway, I digress. The, uh, the bottom line is you just fill out your basic personal information. They ask you the obvious stuff. Right. And then they say, hey, go check out one of our kiosks. They have a map that will tell you where the nearest one is to you. Um, mine was very close by. I think they have a 1,000 across the, the U.S., and they're they're growing all the time, so it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You go out, usually the gun shop will take your picture and put it in there. Um, they do a little your fingerprint thing, and it's just digital. You didn't e- I didn't even have to talk to people. I just went over and you know rolled my fingers. I was like, oh, where's your kiosk? Oh, over there, and I roll my fingers and do it. And the cool thing is, is it scans and reads your fingerprints and says, hey, this is a good version. No, it's not. Right. Sometimes when I tried to do these things, if you do it with a local sheriff or whatever, unless it's the main guy that does it, you might get a crappy version where they can't really read your fingerprints and it doesn't work out and it might get kicked back, that kind of thing. Here you have a computer that's looking for the same criteria that the ATF is and it checks it out. So you get your fingerprints all done. Then they handle, you pay the 200 bucks. they submit everything. You know it's done right because they have somebody who's experienced and looks at it and says, oh, yep, all this is filled out right. I know that suppressor. I know that because I do this every day, and this is, you know, no problem. And everything's going to go through and be easy as long as you can pass a normal gun background check. Now, it's going to take forever. I did look up for this web, or for this episode, current uh, e-form, uh, individual, uh, things are 14 days to nine months with an average of eight months for a suppressor right now. That's a long time. And that's honestly about how long mine took when I first did this. And it, it it's a little overwhelming, you know, it, uh, it, it can, uh, can get you and mess with you a little bit that, you know, cause it's, you're shelling out your money and eight months is a, a long deal. Um, so anyway, they, uh, after you do that, it, you basically just sit and wait. Now there's this other thing called the form one form one is different. Now, because I had already done the suppressor through silencer shop, the cool thing is you can just go on their website and say, Hey, I need some fingerprint cards, and I think they're 10 or $15 each, whatever it is, and you can get those shipped out to your house. Now, if you love guns as much as I love guns, you might be like, hey, I need 10 copies right. of Obviously. my fingerprint cards, and they'll send those out to your house. Um, every time you apply to do a uh, ATF NFA item, you need two copies of your fingerprints. Um, so, you know plan that ahead and i gotta say so form one is if you're gonna build your own nfa item Mm -hmm. now if you have a pistol that or a rifle that you bought at the store and you want to make it a short barrel rifle or 
you had a you made one of these pistols with the pistol brace on it mm -hmm. and you just realized all of a sudden now you have to register it as an NFA item then this is the form you would be looking to use um is is the form 1 now form 1 you're creating one so you would take your AR15 lower and you'd take all the information off there and you're going to fill it out like you're creating a new firearm. Mm -hmm. Now, they actually give you like a drop-down menu and they say, what are you trying to do? And, you know, in my case, it would be, I want a short barrel rifle. What are the or other? they call it an I, SBR. What are the other options uh, there? I don't have it in front of me, but you can build a suppressor or you can create a, a firearm from scratch. Okay. Um, maybe you made an 80% lower and into a gun and you want to add a serial number and make it an official, you know, your own gun, but it's, yeah, that might be different because that's not really an NFA item then. I, I don't really know. But it's basically anything you're going to create. Right. And you want to apply to them is going to be creating new is a form one. All right. So bottom line, you caught me off guard with that one. Sorry. But if you're going to create a suppressor or you're going to create a short barrel rifle, this is the one for you. Now, I can build a suppressor at home, right? Yes. Uh, after you fill out this form right. and wait the appropriate amount of time, right. yes, okay. that would be true. All right. Just to keep everything legal. I mean, in New York, I'm, I guess I'm not able You're not to building it at home. create one at home for my own personal use. But, I mean, I guess I'm able to. What is it? I can, exactly. but I may not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's right. Um, but, all right, so here we go. We fill out our form. Um, there is a million YouTube videos that take you step by step. Uh, there's an obvious one with the e-forms, like, stuff right on there. It's actually not from the ATF. I, I'll put the link in the, the show notes so you guys can see it and, and, and see what to do. But it, it really does take you step by step through the whole process. And which is pretty awesome. But the bottom line, you just need your normal information. You need your cards, um, your fingerprint cards. The big thing is you're good excuse me, you're gonna want your cards before you start this process. Right. Cause when you fill out the e forms and pay your two hundred bucks, you're required to send out your fingerprint cards right away. Right. And they have to receive them within ten days right. of you filling it out. Okay. So you obviously want to be ready to go. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying at that point. You don't want to be like, oh, now I'm going to order fingerprint cards or go get fingerprinted. Um, obviously, the local sheriff might offer a fingerprinting service, possibly for free, possibly for a fee. Mm -hmm. That might be something to do. You fill out all the information, go through it. It's not a big deal. Um, and you end up... Uh, you know, going through, it's not, not hard. It's a little overwhelming. It's intimidating, but not a big deal. Now, I did mention the pistol brace situation, and you've heard people say, oh, well, you can register your pistol brace for free. And the ATF does have a separate form for that. And it's different than the, uh, I, I should have the numbers right in front of me. It's different than a regular short barrel rifle. All right. But, and what happens is if you do the free no tax, or 
it's still a tax stamp, but no $200, so I, I'm not really sure how they work it out. But the bottom line, if you do the free version, you still can only have a pistol brace. And it's not a regular stock. If you want to use a regular stock, you do not get the free option, is my understanding. You have to pay the $200 if you want it to be a short barrel rifle. I would tell you, if you're going to go through the negatives of getting, you know, filling out everything for an NFA item, I would recommend paying the 200 bucks and getting yourself a proper gun that you can use the way you want to use it instead of some childish pistol brace that's nonsense. But that's up to you. I'm going to talk about some of the pros and cons of an NF, you know, of even doing this in in just a second here. Um, the uh, all right. So the deal is, oh, it's weird. So the pistol brace, they said that between three million is the ATF's version. How many pistol braces are out there? And then the companies that make pistol braces are saying there's about forty million. So that's kind of a discrepancy, yeah. three million and forty million. Um, but as of January thirteenth, twenty twenty three. The ATF published 2021R08F, which F means final at the end of a form. And the official ruling or final ruling is that you have 120 days from that date, January 13th, 2023, to register it as an SBR or fill out your forms or remove or destroy your pistol brace or find a pistol brace that meets their criteria. Now, you might be like, well, Chuck, I just want to find out what meets their criteria. Well, there is worksheet 49.99 that can help you decide if it's a pistol. Now, let me tell you about that form. It does say, even if you meet all the checklists here, Depending on your configuration, even though they just asked you what your configuration, what your configuration was, right. depending on your configuration, yours might still be considered an NFA item, and you might be wrong. <laughs> right. And so I don't know what the hell that means. Well, I mean, that's, they're it like, seems like that's how yeah. most gun laws are written. Like, if we want to, we can fuck you up and put you in, put you in jail or give you big fines if we just feel like it. Right. At that point, you can either replace the barrel, remove the brace, you know, to a full size barrel. Mm -hmm. You can remove the brace or you can fill out a form one and decide, you know, where to go from there. So here are pros and cons to owning an NFA item. All right. Now, the first thing that probably comes to mind is that I'm going to be on a list. And you know what? That's absolutely true. And you are definitely going to be under some extra scrutiny in my mind. I don't see a scenario where you're not considered, you know, a little suspect, a little, you know, off. So you're just going to be extra, you know, extra. extra. That's the bottom line. All right. So the pros are you might own a suppressor. Uh, pros are the weight of the gun by making a short barrel rifle. Uh, the pros are movement. When you're using your gun, you can move it around in tight spaces. You can do all kinds of awesome things. Right. My big incentive for a short barrel rifle was 
that I can put a suppressor on my short barrel rifle and it's now a normal length gun. Right. Um, I know that if I'm hunting animals at night and I want a suppressor, I usually use a full size gun because that's what I have my thermal scope on. Mm -hmm. And when I put that suppressor on there between the thermal scope and the suppressor and a full size barrel, that gun is heavy. Mm -hmm. It's awkward. It's tough. It's a pain in the butt. Now, it's great when I'm just laying in one spot and watching and whatever, but it's still... But moving around with it is not uh, not as easy. It's not ideal. So immediately I was like, oh, I need a short barrel rifle, and I need something that it's going to be the right weight and it's going to do things. Um, So some of the, uh, the cons are, like I said, you're going to end up on a list. You're saying to the government, hey, I love guns so much that I'm paying $200. Hey, I'm registering my firearm that you know without a doubt that I have this gun in my house Mm -hmm. and that you could come see it, you know, and check on it and whatever. So you are inviting a lot of headache. The bottom line is how much are you using your guns? And again, you're telling the ATF that hey, it's worth it to me to spend $200 because I'm using this gun all the time. Right. Because I like guns. And that kind of sets you apart. You know, when they're going to round up guns, do you think that they're going to look at me with my suppressors and short barrel rifles and be like, yeah, I don't even think we need to worry about him. They're going to be like, hey, that guy, yeah. let's go and check they're not his gonna, house. And they're not going to just send uh, some um, some sheriff's deputy to come over and talk to you. It's going to be... It's going to be the, the SWAT team that's coming to collect Chuck's guns. Exactly. The ATF's coming to my house, right? Mm-hmm. And the FBI. Um, yeah, one of the comments here is, uh, can you use a suppressor on multiple firearms? Or is it tied to one? And it's a great question. Suppressor, you have to buy the right size for your gun, but that's the only thing. Otherwise, you can use it anywhere. The suppressor becomes an item in itself, um, so it can kind of go to anything and do your own thing. As so, long as it fits. like, I I bought one that is. There, there's a couple thoughts on this. I bought one that's five five six, and so what's cool is I can use that for my regular AR fifteen, or I can use that for twenty two rifle, which is nice because they're the same size bullet. Now, here's the trick. A lot of people, when they buy a suppressor, will buy one for 300 blackout. Mm -hmm. And the reason you would do 300 blackout is because 300 blackout offers subsonic rounds. Subsonic rounds means you're really cutting your noise dramatically. So if you have a suppressor and subsonic rounds, then it actually... You know, then you might want to use the term silencer, right? Because then it actually is doing something great. Now, um, the upside, too, is if you buy it in 300 blackout, you can put that on your 5.56 gun and on your 22. Because that hole that the bullet is going through is big enough for all those. I obviously can't use my 5.56 presser. On 300 blackout. Right. Now, you do want to look at the decibel and the volume of that kind of thing 
Um, because when you go with a bigger suppressor, it's obviously not encompassing that close to the bullet because it's right. a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to have a little more noise typically, although when I watch all the reviews on YouTube and stuff, and they're out there with their sound meters and all that, a lot of times it's not really that different. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's a bigger suppressor. So, you know, because it's physically, you know, got to be a little bit bigger around it. So all that comes into play. A 300 blackout might be a little bit longer, might be a little bit thicker. So that kind of thing, it makes a difference. Um, so you have to decide what's right for you. But you can use that suppressor on any gun, and that makes it, you know, pretty awesome. Now, here's the other thing, though, that that question kind of brings to mind is, when you do a short barrel rifle, they're kind of jerks on that one. That one, you have to register it for a specific caliber. So you have to say, like, you can use the same barrel for twenty two and for five five six. So you're like, oh, well, I could have a 10 and a half inch and shoot twenty two through it, and I could have a 10 and a half inch SBR that I could shoot 5.56 through. Well, the problem is you can't do multi-cal. You technically have to have it for one purpose. So if an ATF agent was watching you and paying attention to everything, they would say, no, you technically need two different tax stamps for that, for your 22 and for your Mm 5.56. Even though you could use the same lower in the same barrel, for both, you know, both shooting, you would technically be wrong. Um, and so that's something to keep in mind. Wrong is the most important kind of wrong. Is you're going to jail? Yeah. So I'm just saying you might want to keep in mind on that. Now, there's another thing. If you're like, well, Chuck, it's going to cost me four hundred dollars. Because they'll call it a two-stamp gun, right? Right. To have your short barrel rifle and a suppressor on there. And guess what? You're right. Mm-hmm. It does cost you $400. And that sucks. Now, let me tell you about another company that's also awesome. I've never bought from them. I just have looked at their products and, and I see what's out there. Um, there's a company called Suppressed Weapons Systems. Mm-hmm. Suppressed Weapons Systems integrates the suppressor and the barrel together. So you pay one tax stamp, you'll get a normal adult size gun, but it'll have the suppressor in that length of the barrel. I don't know. This sounds like those guys should all be in prison. Exactly. That sounds suspicious to me. There are other companies such as the one that comes to mind is Griffin that makes suppressors where you can, uh, they make suppressors that can be pinned and welded to your short barrel. So then, therefore, it becomes, because it's one piece, it can be a normal... It's gun. not a short barrel. No, it wouldn't be anymore. suppressed. Right, because it, 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 by pinning it and welding it, it becomes a full-size barrel, obviously, if it's still 16 inches. Right. Um, I know I mentioned earlier that the original NFA said 18 inches on rifle and shotgun length. Mm-hmm. Um, shotguns, actually, they I think they cut it all down to 16 inches. What happened was the ATF, or sorry, the military 
ended up selling a bunch of surplus AR-15s or whatever to, you know, not AR-15s, a bunch of surplus rifles that were semi-automatic. Right. And they had, uh, they realized, hey, wait, these aren't 18 inches long. We can't sell those unless we change something. So they changed the law to accommodate them. You've never heard of the government doing that, but they did that. It it met their need. So anyway, 16 inches is the normal barrel length. I would also point out that when I talk about the pinned and welded thing, you can get a 14 and a half inch barrel with a pinned and welded muzzle device on the end that then can make it 16 inches, therefore giving you an extra inch and a half. Mm-hmm. That's something to look into because that's cheaper than a $200 tax stamp. Right. But I know in my case, I but was it like, let's just own it. Yeah, but when you do it that way, yeah. it doesn't silence the gun like a silencer does. Mm-hmm. Well, right, but it's short. You have the short thing. <laughs> right. Um, the other thing you might want to take into account, the shorter you cut the barrel, you're losing velocity. Right. Of your bullet, mm-hmm. right? So that matters. A lot of people are like, ooh, like for me, my limit is 10 and a half inches on a, uh, and again, this is 5.56 five, or it is 10 and a half inches. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen other guys say 11 and a half inches. I've seen other guys say 12 inches. Um, you know, whatever, you do what's right for you. I know I have no problems with 10 and a half inches with what I'm trying to shoot. Now, if I was building a 300 blackout, You'll see when those guns are for sale, they'll be a lot shorter. 300 blackout, because of the velocity ratios, you can get away with a little bit shorter and people will still be happy. Now, next thing, people want to talk about good uh, good suppressors to buy. Right. Now, that's a whole other game. Um, if I was looking... Now, I have a Griffin... I think it's Griffin Armament uh, Suppressor, that this is a whole other trick with suppressors, that they call it quick detach, and it will match on to any A2-style flash hider. hider. Um, A2, if you saw like an M16 or something, that's the A2 flash hider. It's actually a, a NATO uh, standard that you can see, so it's pretty universal. But a lot of the... Flash hiders or muzzle devices, sorry, flash hider, muzzle device, not exactly interchangeable. They are different, but whatever. A lot of the muzzle devices will have the same two rings that an A2 muzzle device has on there, and this will clip on any of them. So that's something you could look into because the suppressors usually come with a, a different muzzle device that you put on each gun and you end up paying 50 or $60 for each one just so you can put your suppressor on that gun. Okay. So that kind of sucks. Right. Um, again, if the one I did will fit onto any A2 muzzle device, so therefore I can take it from any of my guns and just clip it right on. But... I also paid a premium for the suppressor, maybe for that option, or maybe because it's a premium suppressor. I don't really know. But I I was happy with that. There is another company, uh, I think it's Yankee Hill, 
that does the the Yankee Hill Turbo. I'm gonna pull it up and uh, it, it no it, it well it's YHM, which I think is Yankee Hill Manufacturing. Yeah, so they have the Yankee Hill uh, Turbo and Turbo K. Uh, right now it's in stock the Turbo K at Silencer Shop for 425 bucks. Um, to me, that's pretty cool. Now, they actually, Yankee Hill, offers an upper with the integrated um, suppressor on it. So, again, that, that gets around that whole short barrel rifle thing mm-hmm. that we were talking about. Right. Um, but you'd still have one tax stamp for the suppressor. The Yankee Hill Turbo integrated upper, they sell for 999 and I know it used to be available in 300 Blackout. Now I think it's just available in 5.56. But the honest answer is this thing is always out of stock. Um, you may be able to find it through your local gun dealer or somehow that way. However, my experience is I watched it for about two years, and I think I saw it available for about three days in there mm-hmm. and no shit. I was going to silencer shop every single day, clicking it. Do they have it? Do they not? Do they have it? Do they not? And then I'd be like, Oh shit, there it is. And then I'd be like, eh, I don't feel like buying it today. And then I don't and, do it. And, you're and then it's gone. Yeah. And then I'm like, Oh, I should have bought it. And I kick myself for the next six months. Cause that's what I do. You know, I roll like that. Cause in theory you're saving the two hundred dollars and you're getting an upper anyway, mm-hmm. and you realize, hey, that's pretty cool. I should just do it. They also, if you just search uppers on Silencer Shop, uh, they do sometimes have a uh, a twenty two version for like six hundred bucks. I don't think that one's Yankee Hill, but uh, you know, there's other companies out there. It turns out I know Daniel Defense has one on there, but. Any of you have ever looked into Daniel Defense, it's going to cost you over two grand. Um, also, SIG makes an excellent 300 blackout upper, which is very similar to what you'll see the uh, SEAL team guys using, or at least were using back in the day. Right. Um, and back in the day, like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Not recently. You know, not, not that far back in the day, yeah. but maybe not current. I don't hang out with SEAL guys currently, so I don't really know. But... I've known SEAL guys. I just don't know SEAL guys now that I'm hanging out that are active duty. You, right. you get the point, right? All right. So <clears throat> I digress. The bottom line is, um, you know, there's a lot of options out there. You got to put the time in. If I was looking for a budget-friendly suppressor, the Yankee Hill Turbo is pretty freaking awesome. Or it's YHM. I assume that's Yankee Hill. I don't really know. I never paid attention enough to care care no so i guess yhm is their own company and it's not yankee hill maybe i don't know i, I, I um, don't, that's don't ask something. me about that you can get to the bottom of it you can get to the bottom of it i know yankee hill makes gun i i don't know whatever but that's pretty much what i got on that i mean they're the bottom line is it's worth it if you're really into guns mm-hmm. it, it and Bottom line, if you're really into guns, you have as many guns as I do, guess what? I'm already on that list, right. all right? It, it doesn't matter. I'm a veteran. That put me on a list. Um, I, I voted for libertarians. and Oh, yeah, that's, big, uh, and, you that's know, a big they, red, they, red flag they, right there's there. There's a lot of things that you know put you on a list. Who, what kind of websites you go to. Um, 
the fact that you might listen to this podcast if you've researched stuff for podcasts, mm-hmm. um, you're interested in the Federal Reserve. Uh, there's a million things putting you on a list. Um, it is possible that I have guns that might not be on a list that are still legal. Um, you know, who knows? But the bottom line is you kind of have to live your life. You know, you can only be in fear so much is my take on it. But again, if I was shooting a gun five times a year, I probably wouldn't bother, Mm -hmm. right? right, registering an SBR. But if, you know... It's something I was into. I use my time at work wisely and, and use that to fill out e-forms and take pictures and do what I need to do. And, you know, there's ways to do it. It's not that overwhelming. It's not that scary if, you know, you've you put in the time. But, again, you have to decide what's right for you. But that's pretty much. What do you got going on in the world, Kevin? Anything exciting? No, nothing I want to talk about. Uh, uh, that video just no, came it's all out private. of them beating it's uh, secret private. No, that video oh, just yeah. came out of them beating up that kid. Um, but I'm not going to get into into that today. I got to today's not got to watch day, the huh? video. I got to yeah, I got to read up on it. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. Maybe not. <sighs> so anyway, I would say. You know, the ATF, oh, last thing, when you fill out your forms, send out your e-forms, you're supposed to print out a copy, and it's very confusing, and send it to the your local, they call it your CLEO, your chief law enforcement officer, mm-hmm. which is your local sheriff. And when you do that... Um, it really depends on who your sheriff is. If you voted for your sheriff, then he's probably a good guy because I assume you wouldn't have voted for him. For a if not, yeah. You might get a phone call from him and he might say, hey, I just wanted to let you know. I have friends at the ATF. If you need anything, I'd be happy to help you. And do you want to talk about guns? I'm building guns. <laughs> I like you're guns. You're building guns. We both like guns. You guys might be besties and you might find a new friend out of it. Right. Or... Your sheriff might be like, oh, what the hell? But the bottom line is, it's the law that you got to send it out. Uh, It is confusing of whether the ATF actually sends a copy out or if you have to. Uh, The videos I've watched say that you have to. However, when you print out the forms from the ATF website, they say submitted right on it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, if it's already submitted, why am I submitting it? I don't really know. But the bottom line is, Cover your butt. Send your local sheriff the forms. Maybe you'll get a new friend out of it. Mm-hmm. Just saying. That's an option. And, you know, hey, you follow the laws and you don't have to worry about stuff. All we can do is live our lives the best way that we can and not worry about living in fear. Right. That's what I say. Just assume you're going to be on a list. Just assume there you're you on go. a list already. And assume that. The ATF is actually, there are decent guys out there just trying to do a job. Right. I know the guys who actually fill out these forms, I believe there is only like two or, I'm doubling the number. I'm told it's between two and four guys actually reviewing all these forms. That's why you get the ridiculous wait times. Because mm-hmm. there's, you know, it's like, oh, you know, Brian or whatever over there at, at right. you know, the ATF. It's, you know, whatever. But they're decent guys. Everybody's out doing their job. 
there's always a few bad apples and those are the ones that end up on your videos and knocking on the doors and, you know, shaking you down like, hey, you bought two guns. Where are they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, piss off, you know, whatever. But the bottom line, there's good guys out there. You don't have to be looking for a fight all the time. Just be ready when it comes. That's what I would say. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> well all right. embrace the good. Yeah. No, that was wrong. No, no, no. It's fine. I, I've just uh, the more I've been reading up a little bit on the ATF, and they've basically given up um, trying to uh, stop illegal uh, gun purchases from biker gangs because they're too complicated to get involved. Yeah. Right. It's too, you the can't join a biker gang and be an ATF agent. You know, without the, investing the people 10 who years. Send you, right, exactly. The people who send them the information and are like, hey, here's where I live. If right. you call me, I'll be home and we can meet and talk. Those are the guys they want to talk to. Right. But, you know, hey. But like I said, not a lot of bad guys out there. There's a lot of good guys out there looking out to, you know, help out. They're working within a system that maybe is not ideal. So, just try kindness first is what I would say. Um, I think I want to do an episode on becoming an FFL. Also another thing that might get you a little closer with your ATF agent. Uh-huh. And, you know, hey, the, the, like I said, there's a lot of good opportunities out there and should work out. So anyway, with that, I would say you have questions, concerns. You can email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. You have things you want to hear about whatever. Um, If you do want to end up on a list, you can go to preppingbadass.com and we have an email list. We also have some cool badass gear and some cool t-shirts, maybe a fun coffee mug, things that you... uh, um, Anyway... Something about there were comments that get me confused. Yeah, alcohol, tobacco, uh, firearms. Uh, it's yeah, and explosives. They don't and explosives. They don't. They don't generally come and and make sure that your cigars aren't shipped in from Cuba. That's not really what they're coming yeah. to your house for. But um, so next week you probably don't want to listen uh, because Chuck and Ooh. I are going to be talking about libertarianism and like all sorts of crazy Ooh. stuff. We're going to get in the. Uh, the deep water of uh, that sort of thing. So, you know. Yeah, I think the plan is freedom from the point of view of our founding fathers, what their intent might have been, some quotes that maybe back that up. Um, I've been, you guys should be worried because I've been reading a lot of uh, Boston's gun Bible. No, no. And the, the Boston... Boston Tea Party there uh, has a lot of opinions that people might not uh, exactly find friendly to the world. But, uh, you know, who knows? Anyway, PreppingBadass.com. And otherwise, I would say stay safe. And we will talk to you guys next week. Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.